0: Hello, all my littles and my bigs. It's Barbara Jarabek here with the Marvel of My Ordinary Life. Episode 8, G, is for goats. Uh Uh-huh. I am finally getting to this story at the request of Kanani, Bridget, and Eliza. They asked me several weeks ago to touch on this, and I haven't told this story yet because it's really hard to tell. Once upon a time, there was a little girl named Barbara. She lived with all sorts of animals, a pony, a horse, a couple of dogs, a couple of cats, lots of fish, sometimes a deer, sometimes parakeets and hamsters, all sorts of animals. She really, really liked that. The thing she liked just as much as her animals was teaching little children, which is sort of funny because she was just a little person when this story is being told. Barbara was probably 10 years old, maybe even just eight, when she decided that she wanted to be a teacher. She didn't know what kind, but she knew it would involve animals, and she would draw pictures of her school. Her school was shaped in a circle. Instead of a playground, there was a farm in the middle. And everybody that went to school at recess would go outside and play with the animals and garden and brush things, brush the horses, clean their hooves, just had a great time. That was her dream. Well, as time went by, she, of course, had the horse. That was something they always had. And one day, she went to the county fair. While they were petting all the different animals, she came across goats. She'd never really hung out with goats at all. These were adorable. They were pygmy goats, which basically looked like little baby goats even when they were grown up. Barbara really wanted those goats. So she asked her parents if she could have them. And I am telling you all, I don't know why my parents were so good. They were so patient. They're like, sure, why not? Why not get goats? Why not? I had to wait till the fair was over. Longest week of my little life. I was so excited. And then we went and got the goats. They were the cutest little pygmy goats brought him home, and that was the beginning of my goat experience. Fast forward many, many, many years until I was a grown, grown adult with children of my own, and I still had that dream. It still tickled my brain that I wanted the school with the farm in the middle instead of the playground. When one day, what do you think? I ended up finding a job doing as close to that as you can imagine. I became a nature teacher working at a school that had an area in the back that. Allowed myself and the students to have all sorts of chickens to grow anything we wanted, build anything we wanted, cook in a beautiful kitchen right off the garden. We even had an igloo shaped greenhouse with fish and carnivorous plants inside. It was really pretty magical. And the magic always started at what we called the meeting spot. It was a area of benches where we sat and came up with wild ideas of what we wanted to do in the garden. And when I say we, myself and the students, we had the best time. We thought up wild things. Well, one day we got talking about what would be a really fun animal to have at school. And I don't remember which one of us said it. We should have a llama. So we all got very excited and thought, wouldn't that be awesome if we had a llama at school? We immediately started looking into it. We sent runners to the library who brought back the information both off the internet and in a book. And what do you think? A llama required acreage. Apparently, a llama is too close like a horse, and you just need way too much room. So forget the llama. That wasn't going to happen. Next on the list was a pig. Mm, There was not too many of us that were thrilled about the idea of the vote for a pig. As far as we knew, pigs are kind of stinky. Pigs can bite. And pigs would eat a chicken, actually eat it like yum yum chicken if it was injured. So we crossed that off the list. Then we started thinking what was smaller and what could we really fit back there in the garden with the chickens? Oh, we can fit goats because you cannot just have one goat or it's super sad it will cry all the time unless there's another hoofed animal there preferably another goat we decided we were gonna ask to get two goats there's all different size of goats just like there's all different sizes of dogs I mean with dogs you can have a Chihuahua or you can have a great Dane with goats you can have a pygmy goat you can have a Nigerian dwarf goat which is a little bit bigger you can have a La Mancha, I believe it's called, that has floppy ears like a basset hound and is a little bit bigger. All different sizes. They just go up and up from there. You can even have goats that would pull a little wagon or a cart. We looked into all the different kinds of goats and found that Nigerian goats were voted to be very friendly, a lot of fun, and something that we definitely should look into. When we first approached the head of the school about getting a goat, he just rolled his eyes like, are you kidding? I think he thought we were kidding. We were not kidding. We looked into everything that we knew they would ask. We looked into zoning, because of course you couldn't have like an elephant at your school. It was best to find out if you could have a goat at your school before you got all excited. We looked into getting two goats. It was fine with zoning as long as we didn't plan on eating them, which we did not. We then had to plead and plead and give big puppy eyes to the head of the school. We had to tell him all the reasons we wanted a goat. Number one was It would really teach children a whole different level of responsibility. You can't just throw some food on the ground and say, see you later will come back Monday. Every weekend, someone would have to take care of it. During the week, you had to change their water every day. You had to feed them twice a day. You had to brush them, clean their hooves, clip their hooves, make sure they had their shots just like a dog, all sorts of things. And because our coop was quite small where we planned on keeping it, we would need to make that bigger. You would not believe it. But after about a month and a half, we. "Bought a yes," you can. Barbara, you and your classes have convinced us a goat might be a lot of fun for our school. And yes, you're right. Teach a lot of responsibility. Oh my gosh. Our class went nuts. We were screaming and laughing and high-fiving. We couldn't believe they were actually going to let us get goats. So then the research started. We had to look into where to get a good goat, because you don't want to get one that's super cheap. But it's, likely maybe doesn't come from good lineage. So maybe it's going to get sick or maybe there's something wrong with it. So we found a lady way, way, way out in Livermore, which was probably about an hour and a half from the school. Went out there, looked at all the baby goats, which was so funny. They were bouncing and jumping all over each other, all over us. If you sit down, they would like bounce off your back. They would climb in your lap. They were so cute. I brought my friend Claire, who I think at the time was fifth or sixth grade, and her mom, and we drove out to look at the goats. So much fun. We picked out two (laughs) adorable brothers, Danny and Ollie we wouldn't be able to take them for another month and a half or so. We needed to get the place for them to live in set up, and they needed to be debutted. This is a little gross, guys. We did not want goats with horns. They get them caught on things. When they play, they would bump into us. We just did not think horns would be a good idea. So they actually get a contraption. I think it's a little bit like a curling iron, heated up and zapped the spots on the baby goat's head where they know the horns will be growing. And that kind of seals it off so that for a very long time those horns will not grow. The day came where they were old enough to leave their mom. They had their little horns debutted. We piled in the car, went out to the valley, got the goats, brought them back to school to the new and improved barn, which had a roof over the entire outside area because something we did learn about goats, they do. not not like water. We had to give them a really good covered area. Time went on. We played with the goats. We brushed the goats. The first week of having the goats was a little dicey. They cried like humans. They would cry and cry and cry and make this horrible screaming noise that you swore was a baby crying. Nope. It was the goats. Even teachers came to see what child had been left in the garden and was crying. It was the goats, which was a little worrisome in the beginning because we thought, oh my, we're going to be in so much trouble. But they quickly learned to settle. One of the key things we learned is, and it's really hard to do, when they cry, do not go to them. Because what does that teach them, y'all? It teaches them that when they cry, you will go to them. No, bad idea. They learned pretty quickly that crying did no good. We took turns feeding them. We had a little barn that we kept the hay and the grain in. Then we decided it was time to teach them to walk on a leash. We tried collars at first. We were super afraid. We were afraid to walk them on the collars because when we pulled on the collars, they would go <coughs> and cough. And we thought, oh my gosh, we're choking him, which I actually think is a thing. Like you can make them faint if you pull on their windpipe wrong. Forget the collars. We ordered the cutest little harnesses. Our little goats wore adorable harnesses with like little unicorns and rainbows on them. So cute. Super hard to get on them. You could walk them without choking them. The goats knew that we would take them for walks. And when we did, we had a vision of walking them, like clipping on their halters, brushing them, cleaning their hooves, calmly walking out of the gate of the pen and walking around campus. That was our dream. That was not the reality. When you put them on their harness and you open that gate, they would just bolt out that gate. You had to have two kids holding on tight. They would just romp, romp through the garden. Then they would get to their favorite bushes, which were the succulents, the rose bushes, and just yum, 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 munch, 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 eat all of it. And we would be just like, no, no. Walking the goats usually involved one person or two walking with the leash, one person with a broom and a dustpan behind them, because the other thing we learned really quickly were goats were pooping machines. They poop so much. I am not kidding you all. They poop. Then they walk 10 feet and they poop a little more and then they pee and then they poop and, and the little poops are round. So they roll all over the place. They're really hard to sweep up. You go to sweep them and it's like bowling. They go flying across the playground. That was something we had to keep on top of. And then there was the ever important job of holding the sunflower seeds. And that was their big trick to get them to go back to, into the pen. If you tried to just turn them around and pull, they were like, yeah, no, we don't want to go back. But if you had sunflower seeds, you could be like, Danny, Ollie, and we would shake the sunflower seeds, and they'd go, oh, oh, we lack some sunflower seeds, and they would come up to you. But then if you ran out, they'd be like, we want more, we want more. And the person who had, or at this point, didn't have any more, would just have to start running towards their pen, and hope that they would follow. And the person holding the leash would have to keep up. Occasionally, you'd be walking them and you drop the leash and the goats would say, ho ho, I do not feel a tug. And they would take off running through the playground. And if it was recess time, there would be children everywhere. They would climb up on the stumps the children played with. They'd munch on the plants outside the classrooms. They'd be pooping willy-nilly all over over the place. That, oh, that was always really hard to catch them and get them back. Sometimes we would be gardening. It wouldn't really be a goat day. We'd already fed them and watered them for the day. And we'd hear, Barbara, the goats are out. You'd turn around and somebody would have gone to feed the chickens, but the goats squeaked out and they were so hard to catch. So hard. You know, you try to wrap your arms around their neck. It was like a rodeo. Get the leash, get the sunflower seeds. It got to the point where the goats got out so much that we kept a bucket of sunflower seeds handy just to lure them back in. Oh my gosh, they were a kick in the pants. I don't even think we had the goats a year when March of the COVID came. We were told the school has to lock down. Everybody has to go home. COVID is here. The school is closed until further notice. I had all the chickens, two goats, and the whole garden just sitting there staring at me going, well, what about us? I tried to come back to school to try to take care of things, but it was crazy. It was like driving through a ghost town, and it was very creepy being at school with nobody there. So I found a situation where a woman with a horse barn would let our goats stay with her. I piled Danny and Ollie into my car into a dog crate, which they barely fit into. And I drove all the way to this lady's horse barn and I put my little boys in this horse stall, which wasn't very big, 12 feet by 12 feet square. It had two big windows, which was good. And it was surrounded by horses horses. When I closed the door that first day, they just started crying and crying, just like little babies, like when I first had gotten them. I felt so sad. There really wasn't a choice. I didn't have any other place to keep them. Every day I would go back and I would give them food and water and I'd sneak into their stall and I wouldn't let them out. But then I realized there were two other goats at the barn. Paco, he was an angora. He had the craziest hair. He had long shaggy, super soft hair. And there was Tiny, who wasn't that tiny. He was a Nigerian goat, just like Danny and Ollie. And he was brown and white and super cute. They got to run loose all over the barn. And I was just too scared to do that because I knew there was coyotes that lived on the hill. I wasn't there to keep an eye on them. I just felt really nervous doing it until after the entire first week where they were just so sad. Danny and Ollie were so sad sitting in the stall that I finally was convinced by the man who took care of the horses to just try it, just let them out and see what they do. And so I did. I had my sunflower seeds ready to lure them back in if I needed to. But as soon as they got out, they started wandering around, munching on bits of straw that had fallen on the ground. They met Paco and Tiny, which the first time they met, they started butting heads, and that really scared me. But I thought, oh, well, this is just how it's going to be. They got along much better than I thought that first day. When I left, the man who ran the barn said, don't worry, I'll put them away and I'll let them out again in the morning. And I said, well, what about the coyotes? And he said, because of the horses, as long as they're with the horses, the coyotes won't come down. It's been over a year and nothing has ever happened, knock on wood with the coyotes coming to get them, and they get along just fine with Paco and Tiny now. I did not go back to school. The goats did not go back to school, because after living the life in a pasture, in a barn, roaming free all day, it would be really not okay. It would be cruel to put them back in a little tiny pen. I don't think their temperaments would be the same. They would either be really depressed or just really rascally if we tried to pop them back into a pen again. Danny and Ollie are living the life. If you ever want to come visit, give me a call and we'll see what we can do. That is the story of G is or goats. Thank you, Kanani, Bridget, and Eliza, and I will see you later. Bye.